Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox here with Will Brinson, and welcome back to our All 32 series, the series where we catch up with insiders to give you the need to know on every NFL team. And today, we are talking about the New York Jets with former defensive end Borgang Green, as well as Jets insider and CBS Sports football analyst, Lige Duzeville. Lige, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Will. Mox, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Uh, although I will say, I mean, I feel bad because I did just call the Jets trash on Twitter, but mainly <laughs> only because, only because somebody, a, a Jets fan, saw my quarterback tears and said that this list is trash. And I know it's trash because you're trash, Will. And my reply was, well, you root for the Jets and Knicks. So, you know, you're an expert in recognizing trash. Um, See, Will, you, you brought it up earlier. I wasn't even going to get into that because I know you told everybody <laughs> to read it. So I went and actually read it, unlike most people. Thank you. And hey. there is some gripes. I do have a few gripes. It's no, no, not gripe, as bad gripe, as gripe away. Like, I'm not as bad as everybody else, but I do have a few gripes. Well, I've got a, I've got a gripe. I love my boy Chris Trapasso, but he tweeted out um, the image of the tears, but yeah. didn't include the names of the tears. And so right. people are like, you have Kyler Murray uh, in the sixth tier. And I'm like, yes, that, that doesn't make sense if Kyler's healthy and the Cardinals aren't tanking. But since they are, I, I think, and, and Kyler's not healthy, oh, and Kyler's 100%. seen the list now, and so Kyler's at me. So if Kyler plays well this year, it's on. It's it's going to be a dunk fest I mean, on me. If he plays this year. We don't See, that's what I'm saying. That's why, he's in, that's, why he's, <laughs> that's why he's in tier six. Like, I have no clue if he plays. I think he sits all year and they take for Caleb Williams. Nevertheless, can I, can I call you Deuce? Is that cool? Of course. Okay, awesome. I like I'm kind of jealous of that nick that nick, nickname. Um <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is in tier three. I, I think most people would have a gripe with that and say, why is he not in tier two? And I'm okay with that gripe. And I thought about putting him in tier two, but tier two is kind of like there's another level to what we might see from these guys. And and they have questions too. But Rogers for me, and I'm curious what you think, dude, is it's like what happens. Like, it's all sunshine and roses right now. Like, the flowers are blooming. It's June and July. Everybody's happy. OTAs. Everyone's healthy. That offensive line is all in place. Rogers got great rapport with his receivers. He's showing up to voluntary. Like, what happens? To, like, is this is this gonna is this a hundred percent gonna go the right way? Like, like how do you think this fits? How does this look, Rogers in a new uniform playing for Gang Green? Yeah, if you look at it as a whole, right, uh, if you're a New York fan, of course you're excited because we've never yeah. had a quarterback of this caliber come to the New York Jets. I mean, mm -hmm. the last quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards was Joe Namath, and I think that was Good in a 14-week season, right? So it was forever ago. Um, if you look at Aaron Rodgers, the last time he was quote-unquote pissed off or motivated was when they drafted Jordan Love, right? Similar situations now. That was yeah. three years ago. He's a little bit older. And in a quote-unquote down year, he still threw for nearly 3,700 yards, right? It wasn't up to Rodgers' standards, 
But for most quarterbacks in the league, that's a good year in the NFL, right? Um, so if you look at that as a whole, right, he's coming to a top five defense who mostly is coming back intact, right? And then if you look, talk about the offensive line, which I know we're going to get into in this show, that's probably one of the biggest issues, right? Just can guys stay healthy because that's been the Jets' issue going forward. And when Rodgers doesn't have a clean pocket, we've seen the statistics. They don't look yeah. as good. So I, I get where you're coming from that standpoint, but I just think the motivation of Aaron Rodgers, right? When's the last time where we've seen him at an OTA? Right. What's the last time we seen him hanging out with teammates? Like, like this dude is like a kid oh, in the six. candy store right now. It seems yeah. like he, he's has a, a true love for the game again that we hadn't seen in a couple I, I, years. I will say, and I think I know Katie was gonna touch on the offensive line, but on the Rodgers spike thing, like that is my one hang up on fading yes. the Jets. Like yes. I'm a I'm a latte Larry's guy, right? I love a spite store. There's nothing yeah. that that like like I respect spite. I love spite. Right, mm. like, and I know Aaron Rodgers is a spiteful mf dude. Like, and that—that's the one he thing that scares me about fading the Jets. Yeah, yes, exactly. I, yeah. I agree. There's no one does petty or spiteful like Aaron Rodgers. Not even right. uh, Will Brinson. But back to that really quick. I will say it. We have a we have a group chat for Pick Six, and Brinson's biggest gripe is that all these people have opinions about his list, but no one is actually reading the article. So Lige, mm. you actually you. read the article. Thank That's you. Why I, I, say, I stated that before I said anything. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, yeah, okay, pe- so people people he- can call it trash as long as they click. I don't care. <laughs> but, but see, yeah. that, the, the Rogers thing wasn't my biggest gripe because I could see where you muddled the line between putting them in two and three based yeah. off what you saw well, last year. But I, I know, Mine sorry, was Josh Allen in tier one. Uh, to really? me, Will, you, you cannot put a guy that led the league in turnovers. I th- and, and it's crazy that people don't talk about that enough. And maybe this mm-hmm. is me being biased because I'm a defensive player. When you turn the ball over, you're killing the defense. You're killing your team. You make it that much easier for the opponent to win. And people literally dog Dak Prescott for having, what, seven straight weeks of interceptions? Let's not forget, Josh Allen led the league in turnovers. Like, he himself lost that game versus Minnesota, almost cost him the game in the playoffs versus Miami, lost the game versus the Jets because he had three turnovers. Like, people forget that. And and and, I, and Katie's gonna kill me because she's like, "You're Brinsoning the crap out of this podcast. Please shut up." But like, <laughs> I brought it. I brought it back there. It's my fault. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But, but like, but the interesting thing about about that point is that you know I put Daniel Jones in tier three, and people are like, "What?" Some people are like, "That's fine." Some people are like, "The angry." Like Brian Dable left Buffalo, and Josh Allen's turnovers went through the roof, and Daniel Jones is went way down. <laughs> like Ken Dorsey, I, I I don't think Ken Dorsey's bad, but he ain't Brian Dable, and that's. That's an, I think that's a really good point, as especially as it relates to the Jets, Katie, because it makes them right to take over the division if maybe you know something happens. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, let's just bring it back to Aaron Rodgers for one second here. And you talked about there wasn't a caliber, a quarterback of this caliber on the team since Namath. Um, obviously a big part of that is going to be the protection in this O-line and they have invested a ton here. You got Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson in free agency. Then you got Makai Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round. Then you got Joe Tipman in the second round, which is probably my favorite pick that you guys had. How good can this line be in 2023? They can be really good. I believe they can be around 10 or 11, 12 best O-line in football. I know people will look at that and be like, well, that's kind of average. But, I mean, looking from where the Jets came from, right, you talked about the depth, Katie, and that was the issue last year. And, and, and Joe Douglas did his best, right? He brought in Dwayne Brown. You talked about it. Makai Becton went down really early in training camp. George Fent 
goes down. Max Mitchell was a fourth-round pick. He wasn't even supposed to play last year. He actually played really well when he played. Then he goes down. So now if you look at the depth that they have, right, Dwayne Brown looks like he's going to play another year. Makai Becton is leaner than I've ever seen him. He looks really motivated, and he has an opportunity this year, right, because they didn't pick up the fifth-year option to go out there, ball out, and cash in right now. He wants to play left tackle. I don't think that's going to happen with Dwayne Brown because he's been a mainstay at left tackle. Never really played right tackle. Has never played right tackle. I think Makai Beckton will slide over the right. But the guy I think that's going to be the glue to this offensive line is Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, Mm -hmm. talk about versatility. To me, he's a Pro Bowl caliber guard. But when the Jets needed him in the pinch in that Denver game, he slid out the left tackle and dominated. And that's unheard of for a second-year player. People talk about the Brees Hall injury. I think the Elijah Vera Tucker injury was just as massive for the Jets last year. They just weren't able to run the football, and they weren't as versatile as far as being able to move pieces around when Elijah Vera Tucker got hurt. So him coming back healthy into the fold will be Bill Lincoln Thomason. is a guy that's been a pro bowler before who's been in the system for most of his career. He was in San Francisco. He talked about Joe Tipman. I thought that was a really good uh, pick by the New York Jets, right? Versatility to play center and guard. More of a taller type guard. He's like six foot four, which you rarely see at the guard position. But yeah. a guy that's real athletic. And I think he's a really good fit in this zone scheme, right? That Nathaniel Hackett is gonna implore. And then even picking up a guy like Tristan uh Cologne, right? From the Ravens. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that has versatility that plays center and guard. So I just think the depth is better. Billy Turner is a guy that's had, you know, a good rapport with Aaron Rodgers back with his Green Bay days. He can play guard and tackle as well. So I just feel like the depth is better. So if one guy goes down or two guys go down, you feel more comfortable with the guys behind them that can come in and play right away. What's interesting, too, about that offensive line is you look at these guys, they're all pretty athletic. And um, I, I refer to this all the time, but I I, I find it really fascinating. Uh, back, in, back when the pandemic was happening, uh, back in the, the heat of the pandemic, like in 2020, we had to do these like at we did these shows. Me and Adam Azer did them, and we would get like a former NFL player to come on, depending on what game was on. Jordy Nelson joined us, and we sort of asked him about Rodgers and like the wide receiver, you know, the wide receiver stuff. And he and he, th- this is a fascinating point to me. He's like, you know, the, like the sort of the signature spin where Rodgers goes through his progressions and then does like the, the little back roll out. Jordy Correct. says that like Jordy says that Rodgers demands that his receivers practice a secondary break off of that spin. So like he does the spin and then expects those guys to run a second route, like, mm, as wow. pa- or, you know, it's sort of like a freelance one, but like to look and recognize the coverage and then run those routes. And so th- like, that's why it kind of makes sense to bring these Packers guys in. But it- it's also like, if you have a really like athletic offensive line that understands Rogers is going to do that move. And he does it the same side, you know, he does it both sides, but mostly to the right. Like that is a huge help. And so Becton on the right side, like Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker on the right side, those dudes are, can move. And so I think that just sort of an interesting component of that as part of the protection, let's take a, um, a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk uh, maybe a little run game, maybe a little defense, maybe a little skill positions. Next. Yes. Yes. Or we'll just do fireman Ed. Stuff. Either way, um, <laughs> he's a great. I, know, I I actually do want to like the Jets this year. By the way, like I'm I'm I mean, I, I, I want I want everybody to get out of the Jets so I can get in on the Jets. But if like everybody's in, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I can do it. Man, we've oh, got so you, many fair weather people jumping on right now. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I happens. jumped you, on, but I will say I jumped on when Sala came over. I was like all about the Jets. So nice. I'm, I'm, I'm a couple years in. I'm a couple. Years I jumped. In. I jumped on when Rex was there. Frankly. 
Um, that's my, my guy guy. That's what I played for. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I know. I know. That's, um, that was like, that was actually like when I started writing at CBS, my God, that man was a content godsend. Oh. He's going to give you something to write about. For oh sure. my God. Every <laughs> press conference. It was like, we were just like, let's live blog Rex's press conference. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, do you think um, there's these, like I mentioned the Packers guys that came over. It, mm-hmm. Is it, is it a mistake by green Bay to sort I mean, by <laughs> green Bay, by the, by the jets to sort of cater to Rogers and bring those guys over. Or do you think that brings a sense of familiarity that, that will help him succeed? Yeah, I think it it brings a sense of familiarity. You just talked about, you know, how Aaron Rodgers perceives certain plays when things aren't there as far as him rolling out. And these guys like Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, they know what to do when that happens, right? That's why I think it was monumental for Aaron Rodgers to be there in the offseason because now he can relay that message to Garrett Wilson, can relay that to McCall Harmon, right? Because they hadn't played with him before. So when you got guys that are familiar with the system and then also Billy Turner adding him into that conversation on the offensive line right it makes the transition for your quarterback a lot easier so it wasn't like they grabbed 10 guys right I mean you know they added Adrian Amos at the end he's on the defensive side but that was because Chuck Clark got hurt right and and nobody knew that at the time but now the the reports came out but on offense you know adding adding a guy like Randall Cobb who's had who's had a real rapport with them Alan Lazard who's a close friend with Aaron Rodgers is the really big you know target in the red zone where the Dutch have been just awful the last couple years I think that made sense not only for Rodgers, but for the team as well, too, because they needed a bigger receiver to go up and get the ball in the red zone. Like Corey Davis, when he's been healthy, has been able to do that. But the thing is, he's just never on the field. He's always hurt. So when you bring a guy like Alan you know, Lazard and also Randall Cobb, who's familiar with Rodgers, it makes his transition so much easier. All right, Leja, let's talk about the sauce. Would you say that he is already the best cornerback in the NFL after just one season? So it's interesting that you brought this up, Mox, because I, I've been <laughs> on CBS Sports Network the last few days, right, having this discussion between mm. the top corners, the top 25, you know, players under the age of 25. And, of course, Sauce Gardner made that list. He was in the top yeah. five. And a lot of people were surprised that I didn't say he was the top corner in the league. Now, again, amazing first season. Led the league in PBUs. What he's able to do with his length, even when he's beat, right, being at six foot three, that big long frame, being able to attack the hands of the receiver and get PBUs, being able to intercept the ball in zone coverage is amazing. And we see how feisty he is in coverage. But to me, I think you need longevity, right? And, and longevity to me is having it done it more than one year. And the guy I'm going to talk about has only done it two years. And that's Patrick Sertan. Yeah. I mean, this dude, if you turn on the film, and you see some of the battles between him and Devontae Adams. Now, Devontae Adams has had some success against the Broncos. But if you watch the tape, a lot of that success happened when Patrick Sertain wasn't on him. I mean, he shut out Brandon Cooks, uh, yeah. DK Metcalf. He, uh, he shut out Brandon Ayuk. And I know people will look at me and say Brandon Ayuk. But Brandon Ayuk led that team in receiving yards last year for the 49ers. Hell yeah. I think he's actually – I think he's going <laughs> to be a breakout star this year as yeah. well. So, if you look at Let's Sertain, go, man, the physical the yeah. presence that – brings at the line of scrimmage his understanding of route concepts to me he's the number one corner in football I'm not saying Sauce Gardner isn't right there and could potentially overtake him but we've seen Patrick Sertan do it two years in a row so to me he's the top corner in the league really fascinating too that we've had this sort of influx of young like high level cornerbacks yeah um you know in a league where you know it's sort of we'd sort of seen you know your boy Revis um Ramsey Ramsey was one too uh, Sherman, obviously, in that scheme, but like 
you know, it, it sort of felt like with the, you know, the proliferation of, you know, uh, you know, pa- just the, the aggressiveness of passing offenses. That it was just going to be, you know, in college and pros, it was going to be difficult. And then all of a sudden, we've got this flood of, of young guys. It's it's awesome to see. Two young guys for the Jets that I kind of like, all right, let me ask you this. Do Jermaine Johnson or and or Will McDonald need to have a, I don't want to say breakout, but like, um, I don't know what the word is, like sort of leap, leap, mini leap, a whatever it is. Leap. Ma- yeah, major leap, mini leap. Minor leaf, um, like some some kind of step forward in order for this Jets defense to really thrive. I mean, I'm gonna say no, just because they were top five, and, okay. and Jermaine started off the year really hot, right? I believe yeah. he had a second and a half in the first four games. Had that foot injury that kind of slowed him down, and then played really well in that Buffalo game where he was able to chase Josh Allen down for a sack. I think he's gonna take a major leap, right? Because I I would assume he's gonna get more reps this year. Vinny Curry is no longer on the team, so those reps will probably go to, you know, Jermaine Johnson. If you talk about Will McDonald, I think there's going to be a set game plan for him. I think he's just going to be a sub rusher this year because like you just talked about, Will, they're so deep on the defensive line. I mean, John Franklin Myers is the unsung hero of this defense. He doesn't get talked about enough, has the versatility to play outside and inside. He's one of the top defensive ends in this league. Carl Lawson coming off an Achilles, played really well, had seven sacks, but was one of the top defensive ends in the league as far as creating pressure off the edge. You would assume two years removed from the Achilles injury, he's going to take a step this year. Bryce Hupp, who a, a lot of people don't talk about, is their best pure pass rusher. I'm telling you guys, I would not be surprised mm. if Bryce Hupp is talked about in trade talks just because of how deep they are. And I'm telling you right now, the Jets brass would hate themselves for trading him because they love that kid that much. The, the game that we saw versus Buffalo where Josh Allen hurt his elbow – that yeah. was Bryce Huff with the game on the line. Like mm. he is a great pure pass rusher. So they're just so deep. I think Jermaine's going to take another step. Michael Clemens is a guy that was a fourth round pick last year who played really well, who has some versatility to play outside and inside as well. So Will McDonald to me, I think they're going to have a game plan for him. I don't believe he'll play too much in first and second down, but I believe he will be able to come in on third down and rush. And I believe Jermaine Johnson, I think he played about 30% of the snaps. I would I would see that go up to probably around 40% of the snaps this year. I think he's going to take a major leap. All right, Liege, uh, we've talked about how the vibes are high on the Jets. And like uh, Brinson said there, the, the sun is shining. Too, like, shining. <laughs> yes. the, uh, uh, the flowers are blooming, all of the things. Uh, they have the second shortest odds right now in the AFC East. Not a cakewalk, this division, just behind yeah. just the Bills, yeah. plus 250. Do you think that the that the Jets can win the division this year? And is that something that you would bet on? Yeah, Mock sprinkled a little money on that plus 250. But <laughs> honestly, I would sprinkle some money on that plus 290 for the Miami Dolphins. I think that's atrocious mm-hmm. for them to be plus 290. And again, that's a lot funny. of it has to do with the health of Tua Tungabailoa, yeah. right? If he's healthy yeah. and, and there was a crystal ball and people could see that he was going to play all 17 games, I think those odds would change drastically, right? Agreed with But that. yes, I mean, if, if you look at this, the Jets are scared of the Buffalo Bills. They had Zach Wilson at quarterback and beat them one time, and the second time should have beat them, right? But Mike White got beat up because the offensive line was bad. Josh Allen only had 147 passing yards in that second game. They essentially took him out of the game, right? The Buffalo Bills were like, well, their quarterback stinks right now. We're going to run the ball the whole second half. As long as Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, we're going to beat the Jets. And they still almost lost that game. So if you look at it as a whole, the Jets are scared of the Bills. They're not scared of the Miami Dolphins. They lost to the New England Patriots when the defense gave up three points. 
that's crazy to even talk about. Your defense gives up three points and you and lose, you lose game the game on a, yeah. on a punt return at the end <laughs> of the game. Right. That's how oh you my lose God, the game. I forgot about that game. In the other game, Zach Wilson threw for 350 yards, but he threw three interceptions. That's why they lost that game by five points. So if you look at it as a whole, if you just get adequate play from Aaron Rodgers, I believe the Jets are in a good spot to, to overthrow the Buffalo Bills in that division. Mm. See, all right, I I mean, I again, I've been like pounding the table about the Bills, and I mean, I I'm not easily swayed on like my my hardcore all season takes. You got me a little a little nervous here, like thinking about the Dorsey <laughs> the Dorsey yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to break down this good film for the good people. You no, know no, saying? like I mean, like I like I I mean, like, you got me scared, like in a good, like I'm mean, like I'm I'm you know feel a little nervous about the Jets. The the bet I like for the Jets, so please is. To make the playoffs minus one fifty, I know the AFC is loaded, but like you point out, the Dolphins three to one, not not a crazy possibility they win the division. Like all three of these, I mean, I doubt three of these teams are going to make the playoffs, but it's not out of the question. There, I mean, the AFC is so stacked. To me, I would rather lay the one the one fifty, and you can get in as one of the three wild cards. Maybe lose a tiebreaker to the Bills or the Dolphins versus going with the plus two fifty. But I, I like you said, I don't hate to sprinkle there. Yeah, I, I would sprinkle something on the minus 150. If you look at it now, they have a gauntlet to start the season, right? If they can get to that November 12th game versus the Raiders at, at worst, 4-4, four and four, the season in the back half really shapes up really mm. well for them, right? They have games versus, I believe, the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons. They play the Patriots again. Again, you have division foes. You never know how that's going to go. But like I was saying earlier, the Jets aren't scared of any of the division foes. They felt like they probably could have won all six of those games if they just had adequate quarterback play. So it, it's going to be a gauntlet to start because they have the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs, I think, right out the gate, right? So that's a gauntlet of a schedule. But if they can go 4-4 four and four by the midway point, that November 12th game for the Raiders, it sets up really well for the Jets. Yeah, um, uh, Will has one more question, but as do I. You talk about uh, having a competent quarterback back there. How good is Aaron Rodgers going to be? We look at his, for the most regular season passing yards, plus 2,000, and then his actual prop for regular season passing yards, just under 4,000, 3,975 and a half, and then his uh, regular season touchdown passes, 27 and a half, that overjuiced to minus 130. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't sprinkle any money on the most passing yards in the league when you got Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and Justin Herbert with Kellen Moore now. You know they're going to throw the ball down the field. But I like him to go over his passing yards, which is what you said, Mox, right, right under 3,000 yards. Yeah. I mean, this guy has done that four out of the last five years. And in the down year, he just went under that at nearly 3,700 yards last year. So I like him to go over that. And then that touchdown on March, I, I believe it's at 27 and a half. I like him to go over that as well. Let's not forget, Will, you were talking about, you know, you like a petty quarterback or anything petty, right? The last time he was pissed off, what did Aaron Rodgers do? Mm. He threw for 48 touchdowns. Yeah. That's what he did, right? So I, I liken him to do that this year as well. He's done it two out of the last three years and 10 out of the last 15, which is a crazy number if you think about it. 10 out of your last 15 years, you've thrown for over 27 touchdowns. And two of those, he, two of those he was injured and didn't play the full season too. Exactly. So, so I like him to do it this year. Uh, the rapport with Garrett Wilson seems like it's there again, bringing Alan Lazard over, who's going to be a big time red zone threat. And then also a, a name, two names you guys should probably look out for if you're doing fantasy, Tyler Conklin and Jeremy Rucker. I think both Love of it. these guys are going to be highly involved in the offense, but especially Tyler Conklin. 
And we saw too, like, I mean, Rogers has never been afraid to use a tight end um, in the red zone and like Conklin underrated. I think people, a lot of people thought he might like, like you told me fancy with like best ball and stuff. He might be sort of a breakout guy, like a later round. And then, you know, yada, 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 Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> uh, would you go over or under you mentioned Lazard 600 and a half receiving yards for Alan Lazard? Yeah, so I've gone back and forth with this uh, Mox and Will because if, if you just look at the history of Alan Lazard, last year he was quote-unquote supposed to be the number one receiver in Green Bay, and his target share was crazy, right? I believe he had 100 targets but only had 60 catches and went for, like, I believe 780, right? But if you look at the history of, of him being a number two receiver, he hasn't gone over that 600 mark, right? So that number scares me. I'm going to go under just because when Aaron Rodgers has a true alpha male number one, He's getting the target share. I mean, when Devontae Adams was with him, he was getting 140 targets a year, right? Yeah. So I could see Garrett Wilson getting that type of target share from Aaron Rodgers, which means that Alan Lazard won't be as targeted as much. So I'm going to go under, which I know Jet fans probably hate because they paid this dude, I think, $11 million a year. But yeah, I don't that, think that was, over that was an entry. That was like Mark. that's like that's like when you give somebody money for like an, like a chance to bid on Aaron Rodgers. Like we're gonna we're gonna sign Alan Lazard. Sweetener, we call those sweeteners. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, we got to get out of here before Brinson and I get in trouble. But we're just having so much fun talking to you, Lee. Thank you so much to Lee J. Doosable. Stay tuned for more All Thirty Two with daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe here, and you can catch. Liege on CBS Sports HQ all season long. Talk and ball. Thanks, Deuce. Appreciate it, Deuce. Awesome stuff, man. Of course.